like that. You want to try Hello, everybody. That. Welcome this to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I sincerely apologize for not having a show on Wednesday. I, I was all ready to record. I had a show ready to go. I had all my stuff loaded up. I had everything I wanted to talk about. I was got, We were good to go. Sat down, recorded, or was about to start recording, I should say. Then I got a call, and I had to go back in to work to take care of something that could have been done earlier in the day. So I was beyond frustrated at that point. But you know what? It's whatever. It was whatever. It was a tedious task. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. We are here and we are live now. So we're a day late and a dollar short, but we are here for a Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And I hope you all are ready for a very fun episode. And with that being said, let's go over some of the housekeeping items first. Make sure you follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. You can find me on Instagram at Blackman Logan or the show's Instagram account, The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and a like and follow the Facebook page. You can check out Mock Draft 2.0 on the Facebook page and all of your forms social media as well. Links will be in the description of my Instagram account. Uh, both Instagram accounts, I should say. They both st- should still be there. I don't remember changing them. If I if I did change them and I completely forgot about it, I, I apologize. But they'll be on Twitter. You can find them on Facebook, all that stuff as well. And then, of course, you're listening to the show right now. So if you aren't doing so already, make sure you're following and or subscribe to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts and leave a rating out of five stars. It can be a five-star rating. It can be a one-star rating. I don't really care which rating you leave, just as long as you leave a rating and tell me why you feel the way you do. Down in the description below, whether it's good, bad, ugly, do not care. Do not care. Just let me know how the show is doing. It could be about an individual episode. It could, be about, it could be about the show in general. It could be about the host. It could be about a topic. It could be about anything you want. Just let me know down below. Now, I'm going to start off talking about something that I would really like to see happen. So we're talking about things like you leave a description down below and you tell me what things are bothering you or what things we're doing well here on the Logan Blackman Show. I'm going to tell you guys about something that I wish to be true. And this has been popping off a lot recently. And that is DeAndre Hopkins possibly getting traded to the Buffalo Bills. Now, there is some speculation surrounding DeAndre Hopkins at this point in time because apparently, and probably rightfully so, He wants to play for a contender. He is one of the best receivers in the league when healthy, and he's playing on a team that is not going to be very good. They're a quarterback currently by Colt McCoy because Kyler Murray tore his ACL last season. They got a new head coach. They got a new GM. They're going to want to start, quote-unquote, making their presence known, I guess you can say, trying to get their stamp on the organization, make sure their organization is not the previous regime's organization. You see what's going on in Chicago right now. You see all the different moves Ryan Pace and Matt Eberflus have been doing recently. Try to remind for, remind everybody this is not the same Chicago Bears that were run by Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Two different Ryans, two different Matts, and yet they're seemingly running it two separately. And I saw a thing uh, on Twitter yesterday. It said something, Matt Nagy has, got, has a very good eye for spotting talent. He just doesn't know how to coach them. Because you look at some of the quarterbacks he's worked with in the past that he has had a say in. Because I know a lot of people out there who go, well, he worked with Mitch Trubisky, but he wasn't there when they drafted him. So, you look at the two quarterbacks he's been in, had a hand in drafting, and that's Patrick Mahomes and Justin Fields. Both, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and we're creeping up in him being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and given just the short five years that he's been in the league, been a starter in the league, I should say. And you look at Justin Fields, who was about 70 yards away from breaking the all-time single-season rushing record for a quarterback. Behind Lamar Jackson, who became the second-ever unanimous MVP when he did that? 
with an offensive line that was no better than a bunch of lookout blockers? Like, there's a lot of good things to like about what's going on in Chicago, and they've got coaches that can properly coach them up in regards to Andy Reid, and you've got freaking Matt Eberflus or whoever their offensive coordinator is. I don't. I guess I don't know who the Bears' OC is. Completely blanket on that. Matt Nagy is now the Chiefs' OC, which should be interesting to see how that goes because it's funny when he was the OC of the the Chiefs and the play caller of the Bears. He is solely, or not solely, I shouldn't say solely, but he is responsible for two of the worst offensive performances for a first half in NFL history. When he was with the Bears, and then he was with the Chiefs before that. So we'll see how it goes round two. We'll see if he gets another shot as a head coach. I don't know if he will. Maybe he wants to take over after Andy Reid leaves. I have no idea. Try to pull a Matt, uh, Josh McDaniels. It's pretty much Josh McDaniels again. Like Josh McDaniels under Bill Belichick for all those years. He went to Denver to try and be a new head coach. Didn't work out. Failed pretty miraculously. Never had a really good relationship with the quarterbacks that he had there. And then he goes crawling back to Bill Belichick. You look at Matt Nagy. He was with Andy Reid. And then he goes up to Chicago. Famously did not have a great relationship with uh, Mitch Trubisky. Tried to make Justin Fields something and he's not in Chicago. And then crawled back down to Kansas City. Now we see Josh McDaniels with the coach of the Raiders. He's had two stints as a head coach, I guess. Because he had the, the Colts stint in there as well. So this is his third stint in the NFL as a head coach. Technically. Technically speaking. And then Matt Nagy, we'll see where he goes after that. If he gets a head coaching opportunity or if he gets an OC cat opportunity. Because you look at guys like Norv Turner, who were head coaches sparingly throughout that time. But I guess Norv Turner got two chances of being a head coach with the, the then Washington Redskins and the San Diego Chargers. And then he was just an OC. Because he was the OC of the Cowboys teams, I believe, in the early 90s when they won three Super Bowls. So at least he was a part of two Super Bowls. I guess I shouldn't say three of them. But I know two of them for certainly. But you see all these different people coming to these new organizations. They're like, oh, we've got to make our presence known. That's why you see a lot of connections with like teams that get new GMs, new head coaches. The next draft, they're often linked with a new quarterback. If the quarterback that is currently there has questions surrounding his starting spot, then the new regime will come in, and they're not going to be afraid to ruffle some feathers. You look at uh, Josh Rosen in Arizona when Cliff Kingsbury came in. You look at the Jets. When they drafted Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold got shipped off with Ronald, with uh, Robert Sala coming in. Joe Douglas wasn't there when they drafted uh, Sam Darnold there. So you'll see these different movings around. I'm not saying the Cardinals are going to do that. Cardinals have a lot of money invested in Kyler Murray, and he's got a torn ACL, so I won't think it would be the smartest decision in the world to try and move on from Kyler Murray. I don't know who would want to make a move for Kyler Murray, whether it's this offseason or next offseason, in season. I have no freaking idea. I have no idea. But DeAndre Hopkins is somebody that is widely considered to be at least a top 10 wide receiver. And at his peak, some would even argue that he was one of the top two wide receivers in the NFL along with Devontae Adams. Like this guy, when he's playing, when he's healthy, when he's doing all of that, you look at some of the quarterbacks he's played with in the past, this dude puts up numbers. Apart from the last two years, he had some injuries, and then he had the whole PED suspension. So you got numbers that are a little bit down from the previous years. But he's still a very, very good wide receiver. Like, this dude's legit. And they're talking about that this guy, and we said this on Monday's show, when we talked about, like, all the free agency and all the trades that were going off this offseason, Brandon Cush getting traded to Dallas. With DeAndre Hopkins not really having his, uh, what do you want to call it, his on-par seasons as of late, when you look at the past two years for DeAndre Hopkins, I don't have the stats pulled up, but we talked about it again on Monday. He hasn't had over 1,000 yards in the past two seasons. He had like 700-something two years ago, and he had 800-something last year. Or no, I was I was a little bit off. He had 717 this past year, 572 the previous year. 
And then he had 1,400 the year before that in his first year in Arizona. I remember he was talking a lot of shit on the Houston Texans organization because the, the Texans got eliminated from the playoffs and the Cardinals proceeded to not make the playoffs that year, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs his first year in Arizona. <laughs> it's just a just a fun time. And they got absolutely blasted by the LA Rams, the wild card round last year. But yeah, it's a it's a fun time. It's a fun time. But DeAndre Hopkins, man, 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 man. Apart from these past two years, he has gotten over eleven hundred yards every single year, apart from his rookie year, and then in twenty sixteen. And in twenty sixteen, his quarterbacks were a combination of twenty one Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler, and 55-year-old Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon right now is 39. 39 years old. And when he was playing for the Houston Texans, that was only his third or fourth year in the NFL. Because <laughs> he got drafted in 2012. Or fourth or fifth year in the NFL, sorry. But either way, it, it wasn't... Uh, you're not playing with the top-tier quarterbacks. And the next year they draft, of course, drafted Sean Watson in the first round, traded up with the Cleveland Browns to select him, and now the Cleveland Browns have him there. But you look at DeAndre Hopkins' best season... In the NFL, or second best season, because DeAndre Hopkins played with Sean Watson in 2018. That's not the season we're going to talk about here. 2015, DeAndre Hopkins put up 1,500 yards, 1,521 yards, with a combination of quarterbacks reading B.J. Daniels from USF, who is now the offensive analyst for the USF Bulls, was a pretty solid quarterback down at USF. Brian Hoyer that season. (laughs) Brian Hoyer started nine games. That season, 19 touchdowns, 7 picks. Pretty impressive stuff from him. And then Brandon Whedon. Those were his quarterbacks there. And you got, like, TJ Yates, who was on the reserve list that season. And then Tom, 21 Tom Savage was there as well. Like, you've got a lot of not very good quarterbacks, and this dude put up 1,500 yards. Like, he was going down a similar route that Andre Johnson was when he was in Houston, playing with a who's who list of quarterbacks and still putting up monster numbers. You look at Andre Johnson with, like, David Carr, you look at Sage Rosenfels. Then he had his, if you want to call him a breakthrough quarterback, and Matt Schaub. DeAndre Hopkins, at least, had Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson, at his peak, as we've talked about in the show before, is a at least a top, let's be realistic, top eight, seven, eight quarterback in the NFL. You can make an argument for top five. We made arguments for top five. But he didn't play very well last year because, of obviously, he hadn't played in a year. And then he was playing with a lot of, negative eyes looking at him and for the most part it's hard to say not so he struggled last year well I expect Deshaun Watson to be a lot better than what he was last year I expect the Browns as a whole to be better what they were last year but DeAndre Hopkins I it can't be reiterated enough that this dude is a beast of a wide receiver and was a beast in college too he put up 1400 yards and 18 touchdowns last year at Clemson he put up 3,000 yards and 27 touchdowns in three years at Clemson he was the 27th pick in the draft. And you look at some of the receivers that were taken before him. What draft did I say? Did I say 2013? Because that's the year I meant. 2013 draft, famously, not a great not a great draft. Not a great draft. One of the worst drafts of all time. For a lot of teams. Like, the, there were three receivers drafted in the first round with DeAndre Hopkins. One being Tavon Austin, who they were expecting to be. The Rams were expecting to be one of those, like, you know, this pre-Tyreek Hill. He was going to be a return specialist. He's going to be what Devin Hester was because this is, again, the NFL is a copycat league. You're trying to get people that can, oh, Devin Hester did this. Tavon Austin's doing that in college, playing multiple positions. You could look at, like, Percy Harvin at that time, too, when the Minnesota Vikings drafted him. Like, we can use Tavon Austin all these different forms, and Tavon Austin just, it never really caught on 
in the NFL. Never really caught on his career high in receiving yards in the NFL is 509 yards. Now, he had a lot of different aspects to Tavon Austin. Like, he had a 1,500 punt return yards throughout his career. He had over 1,000 yards receiving, rushing, and punt returns in his entire career. So it's impressive stuff, but it's not, you know, eighth overall, especially when you look at DeAndre Hopkins here. And then the other wide receiver taking the first round was Cordero Patterson, who's a running back now. <laughs> and that was another situation. Because Cordero Patterson was predominantly a returner. Like, Cordero Patterson and Tavon Austin, for what they were asked to do in college, Cordero Patterson for Tennessee, Tavon Austin for West Virginia, they did very similar-ish things. It's just Cordero Patterson is a lot bigger than Tavon Austin and didn't put up necessarily the same amount of numbers that Tavon Austin did. Because you look at the receiving yards for Tavon Austin, it was ridiculous. And then you factor that in with the kicker turn yards and even some of the rushing yards, you're looking at a crazy, crazy player. And Cordell Patterson was asked to do similar things, but he was mostly known as being a returner at Tennessee. Never got over 1,000 yards receiving in college. Only played one year at Tennessee. Played at Hutch Community College his first two years of college. And got first-round draft pick out of it. So impressive stuff. Got over 300 yards rushing in his one year at Tennessee. 308 yards rushing, 778 yards receiving, and then 772 yards returning. And it's never really where He had that long kick return again for the Vikings. I think it was a 109-yard kick return against the Vikings. Or for the Vikings, I should say. And then now we're looking at Cordell Patterson. And he's now a running back. He is now considered a running back. And he's having his career years down in Atlanta. Like, he had over 584, 548 receiving yards in 2021. That's his career high up to that point. And he had 695 rushing yards this past season. He had 1,000 kick return yards in Chicago. Like, this, this receiving class was not... What other receivers were drafted in this one? What other wide receivers were taken in this class? Let's see who all else was here. Let's talk about those three. Justin Hunter for Tennessee. Bill's got Robert Woods in the second round. Uh, Aaron Dobson. I forgot about Aaron Dobson. Forgot about Aaron Dobson. We'll go to the Patriots. Terrace, Mar Terrace Williams from Baylor. Keenan Allen went in this draft. That's a pretty good solid pick. Keenan Allen, very underrated receiver in his time. Marquise Goodwin also got drafted of the Bills. Marcus Wheaton, Stedman Bailey, good Lord, Ace Sanders, Josh Boyce, Chris Harper, Quentin Patton, Kenny Stills, <laughs> Tarveris King, Corey Fuller, Ryan Swope, Justin Brown, Alan Bonner, Kobe Hamilton. And then we got Bryce Butler, Charles Johnson, Kevin Dorsey, Marquise Wilson, and Aaron Millette. So out of that receiving core, only two of them have really been, like, dominant wide receivers in their time. You've had solid players like Cordell Patterson, solid. Aaron Robert Woods, solid. Marquise Goodwin, for years, solid. But DeAndre Hopkins, clearly the creme de la creme of this class. And then when you look at what he's worth, what teams in the end of, what they're saying, DeAndre Hopkins is, quote-unquote, what his trade value is. They, this was something I saw yesterday. Update the Cardinals will not be able to get their initial asking price of a second-round pick plus another asset in trade for DeAndre Hopkins, per Albert Breer. He thinks it will be closer to the Cowboys' Brandon Cooks trade of a fifth and sixth-round picks. And that's, again, what we talked about on Monday. You look at what Amari Cooper went for when he got traded from Dallas to Cleveland. Like, Amari Cooper did not go for an insane, like, astronomical fee. Amari Cooper, when he got traded, got traded for a fifth-round pick and a swap of sixth-round picks. With the Cowboys and Browns. And then Brandon Cooks. Similar thing when he just got traded to Dallas this past year. Or this past year. The past, the other day, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> this past year. 
Yeah, in 2023, when he got, when he got traded to Dallas, Brandon Cooks, who, again, was thinking about retiring a couple seasons ago, got went for a fifth-round pick in 2023 and a sixth-round pick next year. And you look at recency, what it, Brandon Cooks has done in this past couple years, like, the peak of Brandon Cooks is not the peak of DeAndre Hopkins. We know this. Brandon Cooks has been a very good receiver in his time in the NFL. Hell, he helped me win a fantasy football championship, my first ever fantasy football championship. Back in, like, 2016. Like, it was a great time. I had Brandon Cooks. I was going to start Michael Floyd, and I couldn't get Michael Floyd started in time before the Sunday Night Football game kicked off, and Brandon Cooks dominated on Monday Night Football. Helped me win a championship. But you look at the past couple years, Brandon Cooks has gotten over 1,000 yards receiving. He's gotten over 1,000 yards receiving down in Houston. And like DeAndre Hopkins before him, it wasn't with the best quarterbacks of all time. It was a mixture of Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor. When he got his 1,000 yards receiving last year, and then we obviously had the whole situation this past season with he once get traded. We don't know if he's going to get traded, so we had like Kyle Allen, Bill's legend Kyle Allen, Jeff Driscoll, and Davis Mills. Mostly Davis Mills, though. And now he's going to Dallas to be the number two option next to C.D. Lamb. And DeAndre Hopkins, if he gets traded to Buffalo, because this is what everybody's talking about recently. DeAndre Hopkins going to Buffalo. We brought him up on Monday. We talked about, oh, the Bills possibly signed Odell Beckham Jr., possibly trading for DeAndre Hopkins. And I would love to get Odell Beckham Jr., I would love to get Odell Beckham Jr. I think everybody would be stupid not to want Odell Beckham Jr. But if you can get DeAndre Hopkins for a fifth and sixth round pick, like I was okay with offering a second round draft pick for DeAndre Hopkins. I was more than happy for that. That'd be fine. Yeah, cool. Send him a second round pick. And send him someone. I don't care who. As long as that's like Stephon Diggs or Josh Allen or something like that. Then, yeah, I'll be perfectly fine with whatever they send over to Arizona for DeAndre Hopkins if they're including a player with a second round pick. Now, that supposedly is a fifth and sixth round pick, do it. Do it, do it, do it. And everybody's linking him to the Bills. And when you look at what he's been doing on social media recently, and this is Bills fans, like this, I shouldn't say just Bills fans. This is how every NFL fan thinks. It's how every NFL fan thinks. If you see a player linked with your team, and they start posting, like, quote-unquote cryptic messages, then you instantly go, oh, this guy's definitely coming. I'm running through that play. I'm running through that right now. Like the NFL and just players in general love playing games with fans, love playing games with the media, love playing games with everybody else. And it's fun to watch, but it keeps you on edge all the time. We talked about this a couple weeks ago with the whole Stephon Diggs thing with him possibly going down to Dallas. It was like, oh my God, he's tweeting all these random things. He's talking all these different me. Oh, what's he, what's he really think? And then he restructures his contract. You're like, okay, he's fine. But it's like, you just go like, what, what's this mean? What does this mean? This could mean anything. Is he sub? Is he is he subtweeting the bills? Is he talking shit about something? Is he gonna do what's going on? So last night, what I mean by all of this, DeAndre Hopkins posted on his Instagram story, two things, two things, and it could be like nothing. It could be absolutely nothing. But one of them got deleted, and that could mean something, right? This is where we get like the conspiracy theory scratching next type thing. Like, oh man, wait, hey, hey. You see this? You see this? You see this what's going on here? So last night on DeAndre Hopkins' Instagram story, he posted a picture of himself in a car with the song by Bob Marley, Buffalo Soldier. And on Instagram, the stories are only so long, so you have to clip out certain parts of the song that you want to have on your story, or like a certain snippet of the song that you want on your story. And you go with, Buffalo Soldier. That, that could mean nothing. But when you're getting linked with a team that's, I don't know, 
has the word Buffalo in it, that's what we that's what we would want. That's what we want. That's what you want to know what his next story was? Him drinking orange juice. You want to know how that weird connection works with the Bills? Because of OJ Simpson, who's nicknamed the Juice. OJ, Orange Juice, the Juice. Open your eyes, people. <laughs> and it's going to suck when you build up all these different things in your head and you go like, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And it doesn't happen. And not only does it ha- not happen, God forbid he goes to the Patriots or the Chiefs or like someone like that. Because so I know him and Belichick have mutual respect for each other, which I think a lot of players have respect for Belichick. And it, <laughs> like, it, I, it makes sense too, right? He's the greatest coach of all time. So you think there'd be some respect between Bill Belichick and players from around the league, especially great players like DeAndre Hopkins. And the Patriots just so happen to be in need for a receiver. They let Jacoby Myers go. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster. They signed someone else, I think, but I'm not 100% sure. So they could be in for him too. But dudes posting Buffalo Soldier and drinking orange juice, we're getting our tinfoil hats on for this one, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going in for the long haul. A fifth and sixth round pick for a guy that has posted over. Again, I can't get, like, it's stupid how this is all working out. This guy, fifth and sixth round pick for a guy in the past, has had two 1,500-yard seasons. Two 1,500-yard seasons in his career. This dude has 71 touchdowns in his career. One of them being the Hale-Murray game against the Bills a couple years ago. And you know what? I'm going to say this. And in that season, DeAndre Hopkins had 1,400 yards receiving, too. And he had six touchdowns that year, one of them against, again against Bills. I will say this. If he gets traded to Buffalo, I will forget everything that happened in that game. People will talk about Hale Murray. What? I don't know. I, I'm confused. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't, I can't seem to remember. My, my memory seems to be hazy. Or do you remember when the Bills played the Cardinals? I don't know. I don't think the Bills have played the Cardinals. I don't think they have. Have they? When's the last time the Bills played the Cardinals? Huh. Weird. I see. I cannot seem to remember. That would be how I would react. Now, if he does not get traded to Buffalo, then we're going to go, screw DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> screw this guy. Hate everything about him. I will not cheer for this guy ever. Ever. He hurt me. Hurt me. Because the people forget about this. It's kind of like the Marcus Page shot when North Carolina lost to Villanova. Like, Villanova won that last second shot to win the national championship a few years ago. Marcus Page made an insane shot to originally win the game. To originally win it. That was the same thing that happened in that Cardinals-Bills game. Josh Allen hooked up with Stephon Diggs in the corner of the end zone with one of the best passes I've seen against Patrick Peterson. But no one remembers that because of the Hale Murray. And I'm not saying, like, you need to remember this play by Josh Allen. No. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. Because the Hale Murray play, though avoidable, was really cool in, like, a neutral aspect. And if he comes to Buffalo again, I will not remember anything about that game. I will forget everything. Like, for my dad, my dad said this for years. Like, people go like, oh, I hate Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady. I hate this. Well, you have Tom Brady join your team, you wouldn't hate him that much. Like, prime Tom Brady coming to the Bills, I will forget all the times you had pounded the Bills. I will always forget that. Now, now, now I don't want Tom Brady. But, like, when the Bills were having a competition between Kyle Orton and EJ Manuel, yeah, I would have taken Tom Brady during that time. I would have forgotten everything that happened between Tom Brady and the Bills. I would have forgotten everything because now he's the Bills quarterback. Everything negative that a person did to my team, if they come to my team, perfectly okay with. 
Perfectly okay with. Like Damien Harris. Bills just signed Damien Harris the other day. Awesome deal. So Devin Singletary, Bills running back for the past couple years, went down to Houston. And I like Devin Singletary a lot. I like Devin Singletary. I, I, I think he's a very good dude. I think he's a very good locker room piece. He's just not that great. He's an all right running back. He's all right. But for what the Bills were looking for, he's not really that. Like, he had good spurts. They had a couple 800-yard seasons in Buffalo, but everybody talked about for the past few years if Josh Allen wasn't the main ball carrier in Buffalo, the Bills' rushing attack would be Nolan Void. So you see Bills fans that want to defend Devin Singletary and defend the rushing attack just point to the Bills' overall rushing stats. Well, yeah, it helps when your quarterback has 700, 800 rushing yards. It kind of booster, bolsters those numbers. If your quarterback was not Josh Allen and it was I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, your rushing attack numbers are going to be way down because your rushing attack is not very good when you don't have a quarterback that's going to pick up a bunch of yards for you. And Damien Harris fits the Bills' mold. We didn't even talk about Damien Harris the other day. We were talking about on Monday all the different running backs the Bills could sign. We talked about Leonard Fournette. We talked about Zeke. We talked about Derrick Henry. We talked about Dalvin Cook, possibly. Damien Harris has killed the Bills. Has killed the Bills. He has played the Bills four times in his career. He has gotten over 100 yards each game. Each time he has gotten over 100 yards. He got 102 yards in 2020. He had 111 in 2021. They had 103 in 2021 on the 26th, 20 days later. And then he had, you know, only 48 in the playoff game. But that 111 yards on Jan- on December 6th was the game where the Patriots ran to, what, 200 yards on the Bills that day? Was that 222 total yards of offense, or total yards of offense, rushing yards. Damian Harris had 111. Ramondre Stevenson had 78 yards. Brandon Bolden had 28 yards. That was the game where Jerry Sullivan, awesome reporter in Buffalo, not anymore, I should say. <laughs> Jerry Sullivan asked Micah Hyde and Jordan Porter if they were embarrassed by that result. Embarrassed by that game. You want to know what proceeded to follow that? Add to that, the Bills won 33-21 to the next time they played them. Dominating fashion in that game. And then the next time he played him, on the playoff game, the greatest game I've ever watched. Greatest game I've ever watched. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Not, that's not the playoff game. Because he would have played in the playoff game. This is when the Bills beat him this past year. It was 35-23. <laughs> so, no, the, the, he didn't play in the playoff game, apparently. I did Not like he would have done a whole lot in that playoff game, given how bad the game was and how dominant Josh. Like, they had more touchdowns than the third downs of that game. It was absolute what do you want to call it? Whatever negative term you want to use for that game. It was that. It was that. And you want to remember like when I talked about forgetting something negative, like my friend Brady, he messaged me the other day, sent a picture of Travis Kelsey scoring a touchdown in that Bills Chiefs game in the playoffs against Matt Milano. There's a picture at Shields, I guess. And he goes, remember this picture? I was like, no, I don't. I don't seem to remember that picture. I don't remember that game at all. I, I forget a lot of things recently. I don't know why. It's just crazy how I instantly put that stuff out. So yeah, DeAndre, Bills fans will not hate you. Bills fans will welcome you with open arms. That game will never be mentioned in Buffalo ever. It'll be a great catch, but I don't remember what game it was. It'll be one of those things. And I'm sure he's going to talk about Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Trey White, all the people that were around him during that play, and talk some crap to him, as you should. As you should. But, man, the Bills have made some nice moves. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, this is a – the Bills are now a Super Bowl contending team. They already were, okay? <laughs> they already were a Super Bowl contending I think this is a just a couple of nice moves here. Like, you look at Damian Harris coming in, Deontay Hardy coming in, who said if you want to be an elite receiver, you got to play for elite. Or no, not, not Deontay Hardy. Not Hardy. It was, uh, crap. 
where is he? Trent Sherfield, that was who it was. If you want to be an elite receiver, you got to play with an elite quarterback. Bills add some serious speed on the outside. Serious speed. They got Sherfield in one spot, and they got Hardy at the other spot. And like we said Monday, Hardy, they said, is going to line up in the receiver four role. And he put up 570 yards last year in New Orleans. So this dude can fly. And he also put up 889 return yards. So this will be another way for them to get Naheem Hines back involved in the offense more. But this rushing attack for the Bills, James Cook, Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, I like it. I like it a lot. Damian Harris is an upgrade on Devin Singletary. No matter how much you may like Devin Singletary, and again, there's a lot of Bills fans that really like Devin Singletary. People call him RB1. I never really got behind the whole Devin Singletary's RB1. Hell, you look at the last two final mock drafts we did, I had the Bills drafting Travis Etienne and then Brees Hall. Like, we were on the bandwagon for the Bills to get a running back. Now I've kind of resigned to the fact that the Bills aren't going to draft a running back. And I don't want them to draft a running back because I think James Cook, I've said this on the show numerous times, I think James Cook can be the number one guy in Buffalo. Like, there's not really anything athletically that Devin Singletary can do that James Cook can't do. So that's why I wanted to see James Cook involved in the offense more. And I, we're going to see that this year. We're going to see that. It doesn't help that his first carry in the NFL was a fumble. He's already put him in the doghouse. And I expect him to put on number four because Jaquan Johnson, who wore number four originally, just signed with the Raiders. So James Cook going to be back at number four. So we're going to have some good stuff here. And you look at the receiving core again. It's Diggs, Gavis. And you got Hardy coming in. You got Sherfield coming in. Like, hey, you add a DeAndre Hopkins to that team. Yachta line's even a tiny bit better, like getting Connor McGovern in. He can't be much worse than what Roger Saffold was last year, and somehow dude made the Pro Bowl. I don't know how that worked out. Not a lot of people are really uh, expecting a lot from Spencer Brown this year, but as a former UNI Panther, as a UNI grad, as someone who's been in class and currently best friends with Spencer Brown, I'm going to defend him. I'm going to defend him all the times. They just signed David Edwards today as well, guard from the Rams. So the Bills are making some nice moves. They're making some nice moves, and I'm intrigued to see what they do with Ed Oliver. Because he has been, like we talked about earlier, the cryptic message thing. He's been all over it. And from what we can tell, again, it's all speculation. We don't know if it's going to actually happen or not. Ed Oliver has been linked heavily to the Chicago Bears. If you look at his Instagram story, so we wrote up DeAndre Hopkins' Instagram story the other, like just a little bit ago. I almost said other day, just a little bit ago. DeAndre, Ed Oliver posted pictures of sacks against Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, and Jared Goff. Like, the dude is open that he's wanting to go. and they, Unless it was like, oh, this is just him showing off some of his favorite sacks from last year. Nothing else to read on it. But Ed Oliver has been linked pretty heavily with trades this past season. Like, this offseason. He has been linked with a lot of trades. And you look at his numbers, he has not really put up the same numbers that he has since his rookie year. His rookie year, he had five sacks, and he had 43 combined tackles. This year, he battled some injuries. He played well this year. Like, there were portions of this season where you're like, oh, Ed Oliver's going to develop into that guy they thought they were drafting at ninth overall in 2019. Like, this is the guy. Like, I had the Bills drafting Ed Oliver in 2019 in that mock draft. I had them drafting Ed Oliver. I thought it made sense for them to draft Ed Oliver. But I would not be opposed to the Bills moving on from Oliver. I wouldn't be opposed to that because I don't know what his market value is. I don't know what his con- what kind of contract he'd demand. They're in a really weird spot for him. And what makes it kind of hard is that they don't have, I don't know, a bunch of solid interior defensive line presence. Like, they don't have that, really. Like we talked about last year, 
that the team, the defensive line was one of the strengths until Von Miller got hurt. And then once Von Miller got hurt, the defensive line pressure, especially from the interior, was went down. So Ed Oliver definitely boosted everything from around the defensive line. Like, that was clearly obvious. And we knew that was going to happen before the season started. You add a Hall of Fame player, one of the greatest players of his generation, to a team like this, it's going to boost people up. But with Ed, with with Von Miller going to be out for a certain portion of this next season because he tore his ACL on Thanksgiving, players are going to need to step up. And there's players like Ed Oliver who a lot of Bills fans have been around going, hey, he needs to step up. And we haven't really seen that quote-unquote step up from Oliver since he got drafted ninth overall. And what makes it like a little bit harder to swallow with this is that my dad texted me yesterday. He was listening to... Sal Capaccio's show with Eric Wood, two people over in Buffalo, Eric Wood, former player, Sal Capaccio, reporter over there. He said that the Bills' plan in 2019 was to draft TJ Hawkinson at ninth overall. The Bills' plan was to draft TJ Hawkinson. And when you look at my last mock draft, you see what Brandon Bean was talking about in regards to having two tight end sets, playing in 12 personnel. Like drafting a guy like TJ Hawkinson would instantly boost this offense. And I like I like Dawson Knox. They got him in that same draft. They drafted him in the third round. Dawson Knox, when he got drafted, was a piece that they thought they could develop. And Dawson Knox has had, I would say, been a success, given what was expected of him, given that he had zero touchdowns his entire life until his rookie year in Buffalo. At least had back-to-back 500-plus yards receiving seasons. But you look at someone like Hawkinson. As much as I like Dawson Knox. I think Dawson Knox is a very solid tight end. I think Dawson Knox, if you're ranking the top 10 tight ends in the NFL, he might rank in the top 10. And I'm I'm looking up right now because I'm trying to think of like, would I rank him in the top 10? I, I'm not going to go through a whole top 10 tight end list, but I can tell you this. TJ Hawkinson is not only a top 10 tight end, we're talking about top 5 tight end easily. So again, as much as I like Dawson Knox, if you can get someone like TJ Hawkinson your offense is instantly boosted because TJ Hawkinson wasn't afraid of the end zone in Iowa. They used him in that aspect. I'm not saying uh, that Dawson Knox was afraid of the end zone when he was in old, when he was at Ole Miss, but Dawson TJ Hawkinson had nine touchdowns at the time at Iowa. He had 717 yards receiving his last year at Iowa. Dawson Knox had 605 receiving yards his entire career at Ole Miss. So they there there were levels, which is why Hawkinson was the ninth overall pick. Now you look at their numbers, you can go like, well, Hawkinson and uh, Dawson Knox's numbers are somewhat similar when you look at their career highs. Apart from his 700, you take out that 723 yards Hawkinson had. He hasn't had numbers like that in the past. But you look at the combined numbers of his time in Detroit and Minnesota, like this dude is better, a lot better than Dawson Knox. Again, I say that liking Dawson Knox quite a bit, and the Vikings absolutely stole him for the Detroit Lions. Why the why the Vikings were involved in so many in-division trades this past year it makes no is really concerning to me, but it worked out because he got TJ Hawkinson out of the whole deal. Now we'll have to see if Jamison Williams tears them up because Jamison Williams was a team a person they the Lions trade up to get. They trade with the Vikings who drafted Lewis Seen. Both players didn't really play a lot this year. And we'll see how Christian Watson does, because that's another player the Vikings trade back with the Packers who took up select him and they took Andrew Booth, who hasn't really played a lot. So we'll see how this trade all works out, but getting Hawkinson from the Lions for that price is insane. But if the Bills got Hawkinson, a lot of people will be talking about that ninth pick a, a lot differently. Because I can guarantee you this, he'd still be on the Bills. He wouldn't have switched teams. He wouldn't have gone for the Lions and the Vikings. He'd still be on the Bills. 
And Ed Oliver, we're talking about him possibly getting traded and possibly going to the Chicago Bears. Him being cryptic on social media all the freaking time. And he's being a lot less cryptic in regards to, what does this mean? It's kind of obvious what he means. And I wouldn't be that, again, I wouldn't be that upset if he were to get traded. I'd be a little bit, like, part of me would be upset because I was like, man, I liked this guy coming out of Houston. I never thought he'd be Aaron Donald because that was going to be the next comparison because he was smaller interior defensive line pass rusher. It's like 280 pounds, 6'1", 280, somewhere around there. Kind of similar to that to Kalijah Cansey this year. Ed Oliver's listed at 6'1", 287 right now. Kalijah Cansey was 6'1", 281 at the combine. So the, the, the comparisons with him and Donald were going to be vast. Like, it was going to be a vast. Like, everybody's going to talk about it. It just hasn't been that. I'm not saying he can't realize that potential, whether it's in Buffalo or Chicago or somewhere else. But it it would suck to see him leave because I want to see what he can do. But if, if they can get some picks back for him, then I'd be okay with it. Especially if it means, like, if the Bills gained DeAndre Hopkins lost at all over this offseason, I wouldn't really be that upset. I would actually be pretty thrilled if that was the out. If that's what happened, I would be. If, if getting a Hopkins meant we had to lose Oliver, then yeah, okay, perfectly fine, perfectly fine. And I don't even know. Again, I don't know. If, I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is gonna come to Buffalo. I really don't know. That's the goal. That's the dream. But hey, the Bills, like Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport said last offseason when they signed Von Miller, Bills are always involved. Bills are always involved. Now, Khalil Shakir will have to get number 10. So, Khalil Shakir will have to find a new number. Because Khalil Shakir is number 10 right now. He wore 10 at B- Boise State. DeAndre Hopkins has always been number 10. And I'm sorry to Khalil Shakir, who I like and I think will develop into a really nice wide receiver at some point. He don't have enough clout to keep that number 10 jersey. He don't. So, DeAndre Hopkins, who also, well, no, he wore 6 at Clemson, didn't he? 6 is available. 6 is available because Isaiah McKenzie just left. So, maybe he goes to his college number. I got to make sure. He did wore six at Clemson, right? He did. Oh, okay. Six is available. Six is available, guys. Oh, no. So maybe it goes back to that. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But it's fun. Like, There's going to be a lot of people linked with DeAndre Hopkins. I would love to just refresh Twitter and see it's official now. So <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I really want to see. I've seen teams like the Ravens have been linked with them. I've seen all these different things about DeAndre Hopkins. He's a, like, hey, for that price, damn near every team in the NFL should be linked for him. Linked with him. Every single team should be linked with him if that's the if that's the case. It's like Lamar Jackson. If he's available for two first-round picks, damn near every team in the NFL should be linked with him. Apart <laughs> from, like, maybe six. Other than that, every other team in the NFL should be linked with him to some capacity. And I said this on Monday. If you are the freaking New York Jets, the Packers being stupid with their negotiations, say we want two first-round picks, hey, guess what? We're going to send those two first-round picks to Baltimore. We're going to get Lamar Jackson. We're set up. And then Rodgers, who was 90% retired, is going to have to you know retire or go somewhere else or play in Green Bay. I don't know. I think that bridge is probably burned at this point with him saying, hey, uh, <laughs> my intention though I'm still contract contracted the Green Bay Packers, is to play for the Jets. Is to play for the Jets. Man. I'm going to keep refreshing Twitter because i got to keep seeing this. I want to make sure. i gotta, I got to see this. Name an underrated player who doesn't get talked about. London Fletcher. Yeah, good job. <laughs> I love London Fletcher. Bill's legend, London Fletcher. Him and Takeo Spikes were awesome in Buffalo. 
Love those two. I'm trying. I'm refreshing as much uh, as I can. I'm trying to see anything that I can. Well, DeAndre Hopkins may or may not end up in Buffalo. Florian Balogun. Wow, he could be coming to the United States. That's the goal, anyways. That's the goal. We'll see if that actually happens. Oh, Pro Football Focus. They posted a picture of DeAndre Hopkins in Buffalo. Like, I think that's what the goal. I think that's what would be best in regards to. Now, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins coming to Buffalo would be the best, but. Gabe Davis not being the number two guy, I think would do wonders for him. I think it'd be beautiful. I think he'd be a very nice number three guy. There's a reason being said Hardy is the number four. Left it open at number three. Said that Monday, we're saying it now. There's a reason for that. So, yeah. And uh, with that all being said, we talked about, like, draft picks and stuff like that. You look at the 2013 draft. I had a quiz ready to go of the biggest offseason moves. I had another one. It was a... Biggest free agency quiz. The ultimate free agency quiz. And I went through it. I don't usually do this, but I went through it because I was cons- I was like, what kind of questions they be asking me? Because it was a matching quiz. And it was like, the NFL commissioners who? Roger Goodell, who hosts the draft, which was in Vegas, which was which is where the Raiders play, which is where who they drafted this speedy wide receiver, Ruggs, who drafted, who went to Alabama, who was, uh, who who also went to Alabama, Tua, who played for the Dolphins, who signed this Patriot linebacker, Kyle Van Noy, who played with, and it was like, this has nothing to do with free agency. The first question, the, the first time I mentioned free agency was like eight questions in. So I was like, okay, I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. So I found another one of biggest offseason moves, uh, 2022, no re-signings. And I, like, it could be fun. It could be. I just don't really want to do it because I want to focus on something else right now. See, I like the NFL, I tried to just find NFL trade quiz and nothing was popping up. But this past couple days, we have seen a couple pro days, and that is um, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, who are by most accounts the two best quarterbacks in this draft class. By most accounts, two best quarterbacks in this draft class. Depends on who you ask, of course, but the general consensus is based off what they did at college, like. You look at what C.J. Stroud did at Ohio State. He had 85 touchdowns at Ohio State. Bryce Young, I think, had 79. Like, these two, C.J. Stroud, two-time Heisman finalist. Bryce Young, Heisman winner last year. Like, this, these two guys have done everything in college. But you can understand, I hope some of you can understand, why people would look at Levis, why they would look at Richardson in regards to we could build these guys up, especially Richardson, given that he's 21 years old, like Stroud and Young. We could build this guy to be something truly special. And... Both quarterbacks put on had really good pro days, had very solid pro days, which was expected. Bryce Young ended his pro day like Zach Wilson did a couple years ago. Roll out to the left, throw it across your body on a dime. C.J. Stroud threw to Marvin Harrison Jr., so everybody was looking at Marvin Harrison Jr. drooling about the next the possibility of next year. So that'll be interesting to see how teams attack the draft in regards to wide receivers. Because people have talked about the quarterback position, but quarterback's the most important position on the field. You can pass on wide receivers this year, and you think you're going to be bad enough to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? Like, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I think there is a possibility, like very small, I'm talking about 1% possibility because of the likes of Caleb Williams and Drake May. There's a possibility Marvin Harrison Jr. could be the first overall pick next year, which would be the first time a receiver has taken first overall since 96, which Keyshawn Johnson got taken by the Jets. Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not even saying there's a higher percent chance that could happen. But there are teams 
that can need wide receivers because the team that might end up being the worst this year might not need a quarterback per se. You would think that'd be the case, especially with quarterbacks like Drake May and Caleb Williams available, but hey, maybe there's an opportunity for Marvin Harrison Jr. to go first overall. Because from what reports were saying, a lot of teams were really liking Marvin Harrison Jr. And with Marvin Harrison Jr., again, we talked about the quarterback he was throwing, who's throwing the ball, C.J. Stroud. Stroud threw at Ohio State's Pro Day last year, too, to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave when they were coming out. And Stroud put on a good show. Stroud put really The thing that Stroud has been doing really good at is how effortless his throws have been looking. Like, there's no strain. Everything is so, like, I don't know what you want to call it, pretty when he lets the ball go. Everything's so efficient. Like, when you look at the other quarterbacks, we've said this on the show numerous times, you compare him to the top four quarterbacks in this draft class. He's got, quote-unquote, the weakest arm. Which, again, is not saying a lot because you look at Stroud, or you look at Richardson and Levis, they have the strongest arms in the draft class. That's not saying a whole lot. But when you look at the combine, Richardson had the more wow throws. If you're looking at who threw the best deep ball at the combine, and, again, it's on air, Stroud threw the best deep ball at the combine. Arguably, you can even put like Stetson Bennett up there. Stetson Bennett had a really good deep ball at the combine, and now his pro days. CJ Stroud threw the deep ball really, really well. Everything is just so fluid. Fluid. That's the word I was looking for. So fluid with CJ Stroud, and his accuracy and fluidity at the quarterback position will be something that a lot of teams look for. If you're trading up to a number one spot, a lot of people will look at it as what could be. If we're looking at this in five years' time. Who's going to be the best quarterback in this draft class? Because a lot of people I've seen on Twitter, again, one of the best places in the world to discuss all things sports, very like-minded people on Twitter. But people are kind of comparing this to if you're drafting C.J. Stroud is like when the Browns drafted Mayfield over Allen. I don't think that's the case. I can see where the comparisons lie, though. I think there's a lot less distractions when you're drafting C.J. Stroud. But you look at what they did in college, Baker and C.J. Stroud, they put up very, very good numbers in college. Baker Mayfield and C.J. Stroud both came from pass-happy teams. Both had very solid wide receivers. Both guys had wide receivers that were dra- ultimately drafted in the first round. Like, they had good coaches. Like, you were, like, you're looking at all these things. Like, these are this is what these guys do. Now, Stroud is bigger than Baker Mayfield. And again, I can't stress enough, a lot, of less, a lot less off-the-field concerns with Stroud versus Baker. And you look at Allen and, say, Richardson, neither one of them really put up monster numbers in college. Allen put up solid-ish numbers at Wyoming his junior year and didn't, or his sophomore year didn't really do that much his, his junior year. And then you look at Richardson. Richardson put up really good num- rushing numbers. And then you look at some of his passing yards and completion percentage, you're like, Ugh, is that is that what we're drafting first overall? So if you're built looking at back at that draft in 2018, the best quarterback in that draft class is Josh Allen. And then Lamar Jackson's right behind that. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen are all battling. Well, it's Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. But it's... They're going to be battling for that third place spot. And people are going to be comparing that because I've said on the show before, there are a couple things that, you know, concern me about Stroud, but I don't really think there's enough there to go, yeah, this guy does not deserve to go number one. I will never call somebody a bust before they play the NFL. I will never say that. I will never say that. I didn't call Daniel Jones a bust when he got drafted sixth overall. I didn't call Josh Allen a bust when he got drafted. Well, of course, because I, I needed to be hopeful on that one, but. Never called him a bust. Never called Daniel Jones a bust. When Daniel Jones got drafted over Dwayne Haskins and put up godly numbers at Ohio State. Like, you can't do that. So, we're not going to sit here and go like, Stroud does not deserve to be number one overall pick. I think, I struggle a little bit more with Levis, but I understand, I, 
I can understand to a certain extent why Levis is up there in regards to being a number one overall pick. I think there's three guys in contention for the number one overall spot. If I was drafting number one overall, I would probably draft Richardson just based off the fact that I feel my coaching staff, and this is from an unnamed organization. I'm not saying this is Carolina Panthers. I'm just saying from an overall standpoint. I would hope my coaching staff is good enough and I have a support system around him to where he's not asked to do a whole lot early on. Or we have a guy there, like the Panthers right now have Andy Dalton. I think that's a perfect guy to have for an Anthony Richardson. I think it'd be a perfect guy to have for him. Like, you could build on Anthony Richardson. You can build. There's stuff there that Stroud can't do. That's just God-given traits. It's not anything that Stroud can even control. It's it's all out of Stroud's control. Stroud will never be as big as Richardson. Stroud won't be as fast as Richardson. Stroud won't have as strong as arm as Richardson. Like, I think those two guys, looking at what we're seeing right now, are probably the two favorites to go number one overall. Probably. Like, you look at Bryce Young, I think, right now is the best quarterback in this draft class. I've liked Bryce Young a long time. We talked about when he was in high school, when he was at Matter Day, when he first originally committed to USC. We were talking about Bryce Young. Like, this dude's special. But when you look at Frank Reich's track record, Frank Reich has never coached a quarterback that was under six foot two. Bryce Young is well under six foot two. Bryce Young is 5'10, 208, or 204, whatever he was at the combine. Like, he's never done that. He's never done that. Reich, Reich in his career, never coached a starting quarterback under 6'2 in his 17 years of coaching. And these are quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers. You look at Carson Wentz. You look at Nick Foles. You look at Matt Ryan. Like You look at all these different guys there. I don't think Bryce Young is going to be that number one pick. Now, Reich is being smart in his in this aspect in regards to, he said in a recent interview he hasn't ruled out any of the top four quarterbacks, including Bryce Young, which you can't. He can't. Now, one thing that I remember from the NFL draft back in the day, like a few years ago, I don't remember who it was, or no, it was the Browns in 2018. We've talked about this before, I think. When they drafted Denzel Ward, early on, they said Denzel Ward, not necessarily Denzel Ward, but they were going to draft a quarterback in a corner in the first two picks. They had the first and fourth overall pick. Everybody thought Bradley Chubb was a better player. And now we're looking at it, oh, Denzel Ward is better than Bradley Chubb. Two different positions, but Denzel Ward's the better player. But they said that early on in the process. And people were like, well, you have to take Bradley Chubb if he's there. We have a general idea the first three picks in the draft are going to go quarterback, Saquon, quarterback, and then whatever you want to do it for, Bradley Chubb or a corner. But everybody was like, oh, it's going to be Chubb. Early on in this draft process, like going back to the season, David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, has been quote-unquote, what was it? What did it? I shouldn't say quote-unquote because I don't, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember what the exact quote was. It was something along the lines of he's enamored with Will Levis, I think that was the quote because there's been they. It's not something that's just been rarely thought. Of. So I'm saying right now that I think the top two picks, the top pick in the draft, will go between Richardson and Stroud. I would not. I again, I I wouldn't. This is not the route I would go, but I cannot. I can understand why people like him, and if David Tepper likes him, who has been in quarterback quote unquote purgatory for the past however many years. If he has Will Levis super high on his board, then they're going to draft Levis. That's the way they go. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all folds out. It's going to be very interesting. And I saw, I think it was Adam Schefter say that the Panthers traded up with the idea they're going to draft CJ or Bryce Young. 
And they compared it to the 49ers. They traded up to number three. They thought they were taking Mac Jones. So, who knows? Who knows? They're keeping all four guys close to the chest. We know three teams are guaranteed to draft quarterbacks at this point. We Well, we think. We think. I shouldn't say we know. We think three teams are drafting a quarterback. And that is the Panthers, Texans, and Colts. If the Panthers don't draft a quarterback, I will be absolutely floored. <laughs> so, we're going to see about that. The other teams are like... The Seahawks, the Lions, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Titans, I think, should be mentioned up there. Um, who else we read? The Commanders. The Is there anybody else really in that first round that's like could be in that quarterback range? The Vikings, I think, could be definitely up there. I saw, like, well, th- this is interesting. So I didn't mean to do that, but Daniel Jeremiah and Mel Kuyper, the two top dogs in regards to mock drafts, the NFL draft coverage, the two top guys, at least in my opinion, that's no disrespect to like Dane Brugler and all those guys, but I think these two are the considered the top guys. I think Daniel Jeremiah is the top guy, but I like I respect Mel Kuyper a lot. Daniel Jeremiah actually had the Vikings in his last mock draft taking a quarterback, and that's Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. And when you look at like the Vikings drafting a guy like Hooker or just drafting a quarterback, Hooker can make sense with the Minnesota Vikings at twenty three or twenty four. Again, it's depending on how you look at it, because the Seahawks, the Dolphins pick at 21 is forfeited. And he said the Vikings have been doing their homework on this quarterback class. Hooker is a well is well liked around the league, and he could sit for a year behind Kirk Cousins before taking over and ushering in a new era for Kevin O'Connell. Hennon Hooker is older. We know this. And he's coming off a torn ACL. We know this. But like we said throughout the college football season, this dude is super talented. Super talented. And I think the thing that hurt him outside of his age and outside of his now torn ACL was the offense they ran. It's so fast-paced. Like, if you watch a Tennessee game last year, and we've talked about this on the show, like, during the college football season, I did a quarterback rankings list every single week, apart from one week, last season. And I told my friends to pay attention to this because it's not something you really, like, notice right away, or maybe you do. But as a casual fan, you're just sitting there, you're not really looking at it. Tennessee ran so fast. Their offense was so fast-paced. There's not a single offense in the NFL that runs an offense like Tennessee's. And that's a concern with some teams in regards to the quarterback position. Now, I'm not saying Hooker can't develop into another style of offense. Because that offense was vastly curated around Hendon Hooker's abilities as a quarterback. There's no pre-step read involved. But that being said, his ability to make reads on the fly his ability to throw people open, his deep ball. Like, if you're talking about accuracy from a deep ball spot, Hendon Hooker throws the best deep ball in this class. I said this last year. It was Malik Willis and Carson Strong thing all over again. Like, Hendon Hooker throws the best deep ball. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he throws the most consistent best deep ball out of anybody in this class. Like, Richardson and Levis have the strongest arms. You could even put Tanner McKee up there for strong arms. But Hendon Hooker has an absolute dime piece when he throws a deep ball. Him and Jalen Hyatt, that game against Alabama where Hyatt had five touchdowns, watch that game. It was an awesome display on that. It was beautiful. Hendon Hooker's deep ball is damn near perfect. Damn near perfect. And I think when he keeps acing these interviews, he's going to maybe slide into that first-round conversation because he's got the ability to be a first-round draft pick. There's no mistaking that. He's got the ability to be a first-round draft pick. But I can understand why people have him outside the first round. I think he'd be a second-round pick if I had to make a bold prediction. Second-round pick. Like, we're looking at 
2023 NFL draft. Like, look in the draft order if I go to the second round. I think Hendon Hooker could go to the Vikings in the second round. So the Vikings currently have... Or they don't, they don't have a second round pick. They don't have one because they the Detroit Lions own that one. Hold on. Hold on. Like, I... You know what? Speaking of the Lions, I could see them drafting Hendon Hooker in the second round. I think it'd be a fun place for Hendon Hooker. Sit behind Jared Goff, recover from his 20 ACL. He's already worked with one speedster in the past, and Jameson and uh, Jalen Hyatt. Why not get him with Jameson Williams? It'd be really fun to see the Buccaneers at 50. I think that would make a lot of sense. They signed Baker Mayfield for a one-year deal. Hell, maybe, maybe the Raiders in the second round. They have the the 38th pick. I don't know. Maybe the Panthers want to take a Hendon Hooker in the second round. Take, like, Willie Anderson with the first pick. I don't know. I don't know what the Panthers are thinking. Maybe they like Hendon Hooker so much they might take him first overall. But I found that interesting with Hendon Hooker going to the Vikings at 23 because I think that is a a possibility. I do think that's a possibility. I don't think a lot of Vikings fans would be overly thrilled with that being the outcome because I think if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, you're looking at this current roster because they did the same thing with Kellen Mond a few years ago. Drafted Kellen Mond in the third round. Or it was either last pick of the second round or first pick of the third round. I can't remember. Because it was three quarterbacks back-to-back-to-back. It was Trask, Mond, Davis Mills. It went back-to-back-to-back. The Vikings, Bucks, and Texans. I don't remember what... That, that was the order they went in. I don't remember if it was... Uh, end of the second round or early third round. First pick of the third round. But they've already done this. And Kellen Mond is not currently on the roster. Hell, I don't even know if Kellen Mond is on a roster right now. Is he? What team is Kellen Mond on? He's on the Browns. Would have fooled me. No idea. Third round pick, 66 overall. Yeah, okay, so it was tra- it went back to back. Andre Sisko broke it up, but it was Trask, Mond, Davis Mills. So they've already done this, and it worked. A lot of Vikings fans were pretty annoyed with Davis Mills or with Kellen Mond not working out because everybody's like, oh, he's not getting the playbook figured out. He's not passing Nick Mullins in the back. Not Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is there now. He's not passing. Who's number 14? Why am I blanking so much? 14. He was with the Rams. Neil O'Donnell. He's not passing Neil O'Donnell. Why why is he on the roster? And this Vikings team, really, the NFC North is up for grabs. The Vikings right now should be the favorites to win it. But as I was talking about with my friends Jared and Andrew the other night, who the hell knows? Because it's the freaking Vikings. Hell, maybe Jordan Love goes supernova this year. Maybe the Packers win it. Maybe the Lions win it this year. So Lions are very talented. They got a good group of players around them. And they if their offense can keep going as good as what last year and their defense steps up, maybe. Hell, maybe the Bears do it. Maybe the Bears are like the Jaguars. Go from first overall pick. I know they're not technically that anymore, but worst team in the NFL to playoff team. Maybe that happens. But the Vikings are the favorite. And the Vikings have a lot of holes in their roster, not namely quarterback. So if they go quarterback in the first round, I'm sure a lot of Vikings fans, including some of my friends, would not be very happy with this. I think they would understand it long-term, but in the short-term, in a pretty wide-open NFC, really? Because you're looking at, like, the Eagles and Cowboys and, I don't know, the 49ers are, like, your top dogs, and you're looking at everybody else like, hey, we can we can make some noise here, possibly. There's not a guaranteed playoff spot from those three theme- teams, in my opinion. So, corner and wide receiver be the top two picks for the Vikings a lot for a lot of fans' minds. A lot of fans' minds. So Hooker makes sense to me, but again, I don't think it will happen. I think it would I think it could be a very good fit for Hendon Hooker. I think him and Justin Jefferson would be really cool to see, but who knows? 
I don't want to rule it out. I don't want to rule it out at all. I don't really. Mal Kiber didn't have Hendon Hooker going in his last mock draft. They released it like a day apart or something. Both had different quarterbacks going first overall. But both had the different core that the guy who didn't go first overall go second overall. So Daniel Jeremiah had Young going one, Stroud two. Mel Kuyper had Stroud one, Young two. I'm leaning Stroud one, Young two at this point. But again, I've already said I would lean towards Anthony Richardson if I was going number one overall. But it's not my responsibility. I'm at the Carolina Panthers. The Texans seem to like C- or Bryce Young. So if it would go Anthony Richardson one, I would bet Young goes two, and then Stroud goes three, four to the, three or four to the Colts or whatever. I don't know. But one thing that I want to talk about here with these quarterbacks, is something that gets brought up every single offseason. It's like very famous time in the offseason. Chris Sims. When Chris Sims releases his quarterback rankings, it is divisive as hell. Like, there are times where it's like, oh, he did a really good ranking last year. And there's other times that make you really scratch your head. The one that made you scratch your head the most was when he ranked Kellen Mond, the guy who was just, just brought up, and that was strategic. He brought up Kellen Mond and ranked him fourth in 2021. His quarterback rankings to 2021 read Zach Wilson won. Can we end there? And that was shocking at the time, let alone now. But Zach Wilson won, and he said he said at the time, my goal is to be a GM. It shouldn't be based off that. But you know what? We're going to move on. Trevor Lawrence 2, Mac Jones 3, Mond 4, Fields 5, Lance 6. Last year, he had Corral 1, Kenny Pickett 2, Malik Willis, three. Sam Howell, four. Desmond Ritter, five. What did we have it? What did we have it? Because I, 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 will, I would like to do some comparing and contrasting here. For the final rankings. Final rankings. How we have quarterbacks ranked. So, his... Okay, so here's his rankings, I guess I should say. For this year. Because we'll go, we'll go year by year. Or should we start back? Should we reveal this one later? Or start... Whatever. His top six for this year. So he has... There's six quarterbacks, but joint fifth. Reed Stroud, one. And he's in Tier 1. He's by himself. Tier 2, ranked 2nd is Bryce Young. 3 is Hendon Hooker. Tier 3 and ranked 4th is Anthony Richardson. And then Tier 4, ranked 5th jointly, is Will Levis and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who we have talked about on the show quite a bit. DTR is one of my favorite players in college football. I love DTR. Love DTR. And UCLA had a very solid team this year. Very solid team this year. I would not put him in top five, but I would definitely consider like six or seven for DR for DTR. Like if you're looking at this, my rankings right now and what they were at the end of the season are Young one, Stroud two, Richardson three, Levis four, Henry Hooker five. That's what they've been. I know we struggled with that a couple weeks ago, but that's what they've been. Cause we were, I was like, oh man, I like all these guys. I don't know what to do. That's my top five. If I was ranking that, if I'm doing a top 10 on the spot, I would go Young 1, Stroud 2, Richardson 3, Levis 4, Hooker 5, uh, Tanner McKee 6, DTR 7, Jaron Hall 8, Jake Hayner from Fresno State 9, and then Stetson Bennett 10. If I did like label a list out now, that's probably what I would lean towards. And there's that's like this, that's not even including like Max Duggan or Aiden O'Connell or uh, Tyson Bagan, Bagan, or um, a Clayton Toon from Houston. Like, there's a lot of other – Malik Cunningham from Louisville. Like, there's a lot of other really good quarterbacks in this draft class, but that'd be probably my top ten. If I had to list it right now, and that's just on the spot. So that's Young, Stroud, Richardson, Levis, Hooker, McKee, DTR, Hall, 
Painter, Bennett. That'd be my top 10. And then you look at his again, Reed Stroud, Young, Hooker, Richardson, DTR, Levis. And DTR was ahead of Levis. I just put Levis up above DTR for when I was reading out his list for dramatic effect. Because not a lot of people were expecting to hear DTR's name on this list. Unless you've already seen this. Because again, we were going to talk about this on Wednesday's show. This thing got released on the 20th. It's the 23rd right now. This thing got released on Monday. I was going to talk about it on Tuesday. And then end up going to do it. So now we're going to talk about it a couple days later. But comparatively to his year's past list, I don't really despise this list. I think it's fine. I really don't have a problem with it. Like, I can understand why Hendon Hooker's ranked third. I can understand that. Because, again, it's similar to what we talked about before. You're looking at what he did in college. And, against he played uh, four of these quarterbacks on this list. Or three of these quarterbacks on this list. He played he played Young. He played Richardson. He played Les. He outplayed all of them. In the games he played against them, he won every one of them. He beat Alabama. He beat Florida. And he beat Kentucky. Dominated Kentucky. Like, this dude, I can understand completely why he's number three on this list. I don't have a number three. But I can understand why. I can completely understand why. And why I understand DTR is number five? Do I understand that? Yeah. I do understand. Especially when you look at the combine. DTR had a very solid combine. He threw the ball 62 miles an hour. Like, I saw a tweet the other day. It was like, Will Levis, the football explodes out of his hand. DTR threw three miles an hour faster than him at the combine. Levis' top speed throwing at the combine is 59 miles an hour. DTR's was 62. And DTR's a little older as well. He's 23. Him and Levis are around the same age. And he's not necessarily as big as the other guys in this class. But the dude is good. The dude is freaking good. He was a very uh, efficient pass this past year, too. I liked him a lot in 2021. He came back to UCLA, put up better numbers this year, had more touchdowns, had more interceptions. But you look at his completions versus the number of attempts he had. His number of attempts shot up like crazy. He played two more games, put up 800 more yards, around 800 more yards, put up 40-something more or 30-something more rushing yards, had more rushing touchdowns, averaged more yards per attempt, in rushing, he didn't have as much yards per attempt at passing. And he's experienced. He'd been through the ups and downs of that UCLA program. Never left. You say it was freaking bad for a little bit. And now they're starting to turn the table, and it's all because of a guy like DTR at quarterback. We'll see if they can continue that. But DTR is, yeah, I can completely understand why he's at number five. So, like, this list, I am perfectly fine with. I'm fine with that list. It's not my list, but I'm perfectly fine with it. And you look at number the list, someone in the comment section posted his previous list. So last year, his list read Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Malik Howell, Sam or Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. I gotta try and find all these different lists that I have. So hold on. Final draft prospect rankings, April 27, 2022. Four minute read. My final quarterback rankings were Willis, Pickett, Corral, Ritter, Howell. I went with Willis. I remember at the time I went with Willis because of his ceiling. I thought his ceiling was higher than Kenny's. Kenny Pickett, I knew would go first. I had no issue with Kenny Pickett going first. And I was stuck between those two. Like, those two were the top two guys. I didn't really have any conversations with, at least if I remember correctly, it was just between those two at the time. And I was pretty comfortable saying Corral was number three. Like, I was shocked when Corral fell as far as he did in the draft. I was surprised with all of these quarterbacks falling. And Sam Howell going to the fifth round was ridiculous. Going after Bailey Zappi was also crazy. But he's, I'm looking at my list right now. My top 20... And this list was Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Carson Strong. If he had knees that weren't made of glass, I think he could have been definitely. He went undrafted, which I thought was insane at the time, but he has no knees. It's like Jason White all over again. Uh, Bailey Zappi, Caleb Ellaby from Western Michigan, EJ Perry from Brown, Jack Cohn, 
who's now the I shouldn't say backup. He he did he get benched or hurt for the Brahmas. Now backup to the greatest high school quarterback of all time. Then Brock Purdy, eleven. Cole Kelly from southeastern Louisiana was like six foot six. Like he's a monster. Akil Glass from Alabama and M. Skylar Thompson, Dustin Crum from Kent State, Chris Alatican from South Dakota State, Chase Garbers, Eric Barrier from what Eastern Michigan, Eastern Washington, sorry, Derek King from Miami, and then Anthony Brown from Oregon. Did I mention any other ones? I didn't. But I mean, it's not perfect. Like I understand why, like Malik Wilson with Tennessee, Malik Wilson with Tennessee. I I think at the time I liked it, but then looking back at it, like their offense is bad. Their offense is not in really any spot to try and groom a young quarterback. Like the Steelers, Kenny Pickett was easily, easily the most ready to play. And then you look at like Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy got drafted last pick of the first round, or last pick of the first round, last pick of the draft, last pick of the first round. And yeah, he's been the best quarterback of this draft class. But I, I wasn't like I, I think I remember changing it like last second, going like, oh, I'm going with I'm going Malik Willis. If I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, his list, as we said, Corral, Pickett, Willis, Howell, Ritter. 2021, we already talked about Wilson, Lawrence, Mack, Mond, Fields, and Lance. Where's mine from that draft class? So I gotta scroll back a while here. Scroll back a little bit. One point of quarterback rankings, May 4th, 2021. That was the Howell Willis draft. Matra, top 10 quarterback, top 10 prospects by position, April 26, 2021. Mine read Lawrence Wilson Fields 2A, 2B, and then Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and then Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, Sam Ellinger, Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman was a weird one because Jamie Newman, I remember, was at Wake Forest, played pretty well, and he transferred to Georgia and then just decided I'm not playing football anymore. And I couldn't tell if that was because of the COVID thing or because JT Daniels also transferred in and he knew he wasn't going to play. So he was like, oh, maybe they'll think I'm still – it was a weird thing. It was a weird thing. But Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, they were – like from what I watched of Justin Fields, I really liked Justin Fields at Ohio State. Really liked him. I've, always, I've talked about this a thousand times. His game against Clemson is one of my favorite games I've ever watched. As a neutral, one of my favorite games you've ever wa- I've ever watched. But Zach Wilson had those things where it's like, man, this is fun. Like, it's a thing with it, – it's all aesthetic thing where it was like, oh, Zach Wilson is such an effortless thrower. It's one of those things again. Such an effortless thrower. They're around the same size. I know they didn't seem like it, but it's like there's some throws that Zach Wilson made that were just like, what? What? That is insane. Like, Justin Fields is a better college quarterback, no doubt about it. He's a better NFL quarterback tenfold. But the fact that I have these two, 1A, 1B – is kind of crazy looking back at it, but I don't know. It felt normal at the time. It felt normal because there was a lot of things that Zach Wilson did. He moved around really well. He wasn't as mobile as Justin Fields, but his arm talent was greater than Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields threw a really good deep ball, really good deep ball. You look at the game against Clemson again. You look at some of the balls he threw in that game. I would, I never understood at the time and now that he had him at number five. Like we had him at two, and I still think that's crazy. Two A, two B. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But Mac Jones at number three. Yeah, no. Number t- uh, 2020. Okay, let's go to 2020. Do I Did I do prospect rankings in 2020? I think I just did mock drafts at that point. Uh, Scrolling back as far as I can. Is this it? I think this might be it. 
No, that's from that's the Trey Lance draft. Why can't I not find this? It's the Justin Herbert Tua Burrow draft. Did I not do this at that time? I know I did draft prospect. I know I did mock drafts, but that's about all I think I did. Where is this at? Top 18. That's a weird title. <laughs> There's mock draft, mock draft, mock draft, mock draft 1.0 in March. I did one prospect rankings in the 2020 draft. What did that look like? This is 1.0 again. This, oh, this is even... This is a flat-out rankings list of the top players in the draft. Oh. Did I have at least five quarterbacks on here? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But my the top I have four quarterbacks listed in this thing. And it was Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and Love. And then I don't have any other quarterbacks here. I don't remember who the other quarterbacks in that draft class were. Who was 2020? Jalen Hurts would have probably been number five, if I had to guess. If I remember looking back at what I said back then, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any podcasts to listen to then either. He had it Burrow, Herbert, Love, Tua, Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason. From Georgia, then it transferred to Washington with the whole Jake Fromm thing. That was when Georgia was like losing quarterbacks every day because of Jake Fromm. And I remember looking at Jacob Eason at the time because I I remember this. I really remember this. His fourth quarter numbers were like as bad as you could get. As bad, like he was terrible. And he was one of those rare cases where he got worse as the game went on when he was in college. So I know I didn't have him at number five. I know I didn't. But looking back at twenty twenty. I'm trying to even remember who the other quarterbacks were in that class. I know Hertz was in there. 2020 NFL draft. I try to find this. Cause I know I know I didn't have either. Fromm was in there, but so it read Hertz and Easton was the next pick. James Morgan from Florida International. I know he had a good offseason. I know he had a good offseason that year. Jake Luton from Oregon State, Cole McDonald, Ben DiNucci. Tommy Stevens, Nate Stanley, yeah, not a great class outside of the top five. <laughs> of the top five. But yeah, I, I would have definitely had Hurts at five. There's no way I had Easton there. There's no way. I, I remember vividly writing stuff down about that. So I don't know why I didn't have any other. Am I just missing it? I might be missing it. I got to scroll back to like the very first posts I had on here. So I did a couple of these for classes. Big Board 1.0, Matra 3.0. I never did any other prospect rankings. That was it. Oh, that's that's odd. That is odd. But uh, there was his. And I didn't have any rankings for 2018, but his read Allen, Rosen, Mayfield, Lamar, Darnold. I don't remember what my rankings were in 2018. I don't remember what my rankings were. Because that was the first year that I actually started posting stuff. And I didn't do prospect rankings. I didn't do prospect rankings. I can go back to that Twitter account. And see if I had any like snippets in there. I don't. I haven't used this Twitter account in years. In years, I have not used this thing. Last tweet was in September. The last tweet I had was September fifth. No, September twenty seventh, twenty twenty. I'm gonna scroll back to the twenty eighteen draft class and try to find some semblance of a ranking system that we did. Come on. Where is all the Falcons crappy uniforms? Their rebrand. I'm in 2019. I'm all the way back in 2019. 
Oh, this is when I did lock set, lock, upset lock of the week and unit of the week. That was a fun time. That was a fun time. David Questenberry, unit of the week. Bill's legend. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Breaking news, we have a new XFL team, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that was funny. Funny times, Logan. Now I'm just scrolling back on this. Upset lock will be Florida at Kentucky. Where else do we have? I just got to keep scrolling. Those Super Bowl predict playoff predictions for 2019. Premier League predictions. Baseball predict. Oh, God. I found an old video of myself. Uh, I got to keep going. I just got to keep going. There's so many stupid tweets on here. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm sorry this is taking a little bit longer than I was expecting. I'm almost there, I promise. Final mock draft. So we're just going based off the final mock draft rankings. Quarterback rank and this is not I, this is not what my rankings were. This is just where I had them based off what everybody was saying. Mayfield one, Rosen two, Darnold three, Allen four, Lamar five. But that's not what the rankings were. That was just what everybody was saying. These mock drafts that we do are not based off my rankings. They're based off what you're hearing. What is it? draft reasoning? Josh Allen, Sam Darnold for the number one pick. Although sorry, crazy strong arm and has NFL size and is pretty athletic, and he doesn't need to play right away with the try the Browns train for Tyro Taylor. This is about Allen. I never said anything bad about Allen in these mock drafts. What is this one? Okay, go to the Cardinals. Coach will expect interest to trade you back at the draft. Calls to card trade. Boom. Not ready to be ready to be an everyday star of the NFL. There's a scary lot of people here that NFL so forever. With Bradford there, Alex Zidler, Bradford, Allen's arm talent is extremely high ceiling, make him a top back. Of the draft. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to sit here and say my top five quarterbacks in that draft class were Josh Allen, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and that uh, uh, Mike White. <laughs> that, was, that was my top five. You don't need to look back at it. You don't need to try and find anything. That's just what my top five was. I didn't have anything. I don't know why he skipped 2019. His t- 2019 quarterbacks were Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Ryan Finley, Jarrett Stidham, D- Daniel Jones. I don't know what mine were back then either. I don't know what my rankings were. But that's what we've got for you today. I think that's all I'm really going to talk about or really focus on. Do I have anything else that I really need to do? Oh, there's there 32 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. Uh, there's, there, there's about 30 of them. <laughs> I don't know, Cam. Do you remember seeing how good you were the last couple years you were in the NFL? Because I don't think you do. I don't even remember how bad you were. So I would just leave that out. Oh, my goodness. Vikings are linked with Lamar Jackson. So are the Colts. Thomas Davis says the Panthers are really linked with with Anthony Richardson. Nolan Smith says Falcons really want to keep him in Georgia with the eighth overall pick. Jack Campbell, Iowa linebackers training with Luke Keekley, who was coached by Sean McDermott in Carolina. Bills love those Carolina Panthers connections. Uh, mock draft that I saw on Twitter, Ryan McChrystal's. Montreal had uh, the Bills taking Jalen Carter at 27. If Jalen Carter falls to 27, good Lord, something beautiful happened. Good Lord, 27. That is insane. That is insane, but I'm here for it. I can't say I'm disappointed with it. Anthony Richardson going 18th is ridiculous. There's like, (laughs) yeah, this Montreal's not very good. This Montreal's not, that's not the best. (laughs) But you know what? It's something. It's something. Um, Josh McCown, maybe when you live in Charlotte, we'll find you a court. Talking about a game of horse. Carolina Panthers having dinner with top-ranked QB Bryce Young and Ty Scalusa. 
and the Richland New Colts Gardner Minshew are working together in Jacksonville. There's so many different things we could talk about this offseason. There's so many crazy things, but it's fun. It's the draft. It's a fun time. Rankings are subjective. Rankings will be wrong. It's going to it's gonna work out. Mine, again, is sort of just nail it down for the final time when everything gets wrong. And if you listen to the show long enough this past season, you know how I feel about each individual quarterback. But Young, Stroud, Richardson, Levis, Hooker, McKee, DTR, Hall, Hayner, Stetson Bennett. That's my top ten. So you can live with that. If you hate it, whatever. If you wish Aiden O'Connell was there, you wish Spencer Peters was there, that's fine. But we'll move on. Uh, that's all I've got for you today. World Baseball Classic was freaking awesome. Shohei Otani struck out Mike Trout. Insane game. Absolutely insane game. I saw a tweet yesterday after the game was over talking about how insane that strikeout was. And I got to find it real quick because it, it makes it even seem even crazier that... Hold on. I, I should have had all this stuff ready to go for you. But I didn't really think I'd talk about this. I kind of forgot about the World Baseball Classic. It was freaking awesome. My dad and I watched it together. Fun game. Really fun game. I thought that the United States would pull it out. thought the United States would pull it out, but Japan, you can't fault them. Japan's freaking insane. Mike Shoei Otani is the best player on the planet right now. Mike Trout's number two, which is a sad day because Mike Trout's been number one for a while now. But Shoei Otani has struck out Mike Trout in the last plate appearance. Mitra had three swinging strikes and only 24 of his 6,174 MLB plate appearances. And that slider he threw at the end is one of the most insane sliders I've ever seen in my life. Shohei Otani's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous player. So with that, I'm a... Uh, I should just check and see if DeAndre Hopkins is still on... The, if he's on the Bills yet. Might as well. For one final time, DeAndre Hopkins. Is he there? Nothing yet. Nothing yet on DeAndre Hopkins the Bills. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But with that being said, I'll see you guys later. I hope you are... I hope you are... I'm just reading some tweets, sorry. Stevie Johnson said, yep, he's on his way. D-Hop's on his way to Buffalo, so you just hit him up. So we'll see. We'll see. So with that being said, I'll see you guys later. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did not, I sincerely apologize. It'll probably be better next time. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all later. Again, have a good weekend. Peace.